Greetings, boils and ghouls. Welcome to Lovecraft Singles, the Crypt Creepers spin-off podcast for all things weird fiction directly or indirectly linked to a man who by this point has shed his skin in rotting chunks like a racially symbolic butterfly, Howard Phillips Lovecraft. I am joined, as always, by this tricky little shapeshifter, Mary Johnston. Hi. This is the point where I usually ask you like a Gareth Reynolds style Dumbo question about Lovecraft, like something that mm-hmm. is that is purely conjecture and mm-hmm. but right, aims sure. to be amusing. What was his favorite kind of sausage? But we don't have time for that today. We have to get right into it because this episode slaps. Yeah, it's great. It's a good episode. <laughs> Don't you want to do music? You're like, do, 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 <laughs> Lovecraft singles, Lovecraft singles. Just say anything to the tune of uh, the Tales from the Crypt theme song. Yeah. But yes, Lovecraft Company, episode five, proving once again that I am correct and reverse Star Trek movie rules are in effect. Episode five is amazing. Yeah. So let's, 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 let's just, let's just hit it hit it like a body blow, like a meaty punch to a Nazi skull. What's the genre pastiche? What are we doing? And is it Lovecraftian? It, no. <laughs> it is, but that's <laughs> fine. It is goopy. Uh, it's the goopiest of pulp this week. It's buddy horror. Hooray. Yeah. I mean, you know, I would say this though. I think you can... From a sufficiently high distance, this could be sort of Lovecraftian. The idea of horror and mutation of the body and that being tied into race. And then also I do like in this episode that the magic is fun because it's gross and like complicated and not convenient. Right? Like based on what we saw in episode two, Forever May It Lie in Raleigh and not Rise from the Depths, um, never spoken of. In that, they sort of have, like, charmed-style magic where it's like, snap your fingers and stuff happens. Snap your fingers and suddenly you're a different person. Wiggle your nose. This is bewitched. But in this, like, the sense I get is that you have to drink the potion and then they either have to cut you out of the skin or the skin has to bust off you. That, like, it's not... Mm -hmm. There's no... There's no, like, clean... There's no way that doesn't involve a shower that you're going to get out of this. I know what you're saying. I think that body horror is like right there next to like with a Lovecraftian vibe of like incomprehensible traumatic no, natural yeah. things happen right. no no you're right yes it's yeah. it's kind of like it's scary so maybe it's like Lovecraft I'm well, just no, I, mean, I, I think it's closer than that I think the only thing that keeps it from being like where you could be like sure it's Lovecraftian is that it is it is Kafka like if Kafka didn't exist, you could easily stuff this into Lovecraftian. But it's so Kafka's the metamorphosis. I think sure, that sure. you know, I mean, like also, even also it's or also at least what we see it, it's pretty fathomable. It's not right. The, it, well, it's clear why. Yeah, yes. there's not. Things, Lovecraft, it's not like she just changes for no for reasons she doesn't understand or off or, screen. We see absolutely yeah. how it goes down, which is also yeah. I think what makes it kind of. Cocky I just it was interesting, and, sort of, but you know something interesting. We don't see we don't how see her one becoming. is enrobed. Yeah, yeah, right. Which yeah, interesting. I assume it must be like a cocooning sort of thing. Do you kind of like? Yeah, and I assume the body you like snatchers. It's like a bunch. I of assume stone. you like. I assume you kind of like go into a fetal position. And then your features become less distinct, and your body becomes kind of like a goopy clay or something. And then you sort and and and, and you know there's like upsetting rolls across the body, and then you start to take on the characteristics of the person you're turning into. That's what I think it's like. That sounds good. Yeah, 
That sounds good. That would be cool. I Let's mean, shoot it. Yeah, I Get mean, I think it's. I think, <laughs> I think it's what definitely, definitely Ruby as Hillary has like a crackly bug energy. Um, <laughs> like she definitely has that. That's a thing, and I like it because I think in the Metamorphosis, of course, the Metamorphosis is about Gregor becoming something revolting that people can't accept. And in this, I think that it's like Ruby is turning into Hillary, who is this cockroach figure, but this cockroach is like loved by society rather than rejected. So it's a the the transformation from human to cockroach is still there. Like Ruby mm-hmm. is not crackly or bug like when she is herself. Right. But it the the reaction to the process is different. And I think that's really smart and fun. Um, and her ultimate rejection of the transformation. I mean, it's sort right. of like she think maybe is it kind of like and put she in crude terms. She thinks she's turning from a roach into a person, but she discovers that she's turning from a person into a roach. Right. And the fact that roaches and ra- like racists love to use roaches is like a sign that like black people yeah. are dirty or they call them like roaches like that I think also makes this like work on a lot of levels plus Ruby didn't even have to get an apple thrown on her back to learn a very important lesson so that's great um, I thought the uh, I thought the subplot of the Kenyan locusts kind of like just going on in the background yeah super how great, great. How, how, how much the how true the way we talk about I mean even to this day things coming out of Africa and now thanks to Corona China but but we talk we, we have the sort of like the foreign horror foreign lands <laughs> these these countries that just they just can't get their act together. Good thing we had nothing to do with that. Yeah. Um, but the Kenyan yokas shed their skin. The horror of Africa devour everything. Yeah, that was great. That was great. Do you in general think that you like body horror? Um, I would generally say no. But I think that's because I actually let my conception of body horror drift away from things like Dead Ringers, which I do like, and uh, to to more like what what is actually probably more like torture porn, yeah. which I don't so much like. So I think that I think that I probably don't I I, I allow my conception of what what that actually means to kind of shift a little bit. But um, but I, I mean I really like the Cronenberg movies, so probably I do like body horror. Totally. No, I really like body horror and i will tell you why i agree what you're saying is i think absolutely true like i think that body horror gets unfairly sort of drifted towards like the shallow side of the horror pond like we think like ooh, it's just goopy and guts and it's shocking and torture and like ugh, like sure. that's not like i want cerebral i want smart i want common like when people talk could about, there like, be some identical twin gynecologists in this one <laughs> well right and like and and i think i think that that's like pretty dismissive of horror as a genre. I I actually would say I think that horror, no matter what flavor it is, typically is trying to say something, which I don't think most stories are. Like, I think stories try to tell you something. Horror almost always is about something because it has to be something horrifying. Like, that Mm. has to be. And there is... Nothing, I think, more in it. And I think the reason we think this is so this is so base, body horror is so base, is because I think it taps into some like a very reptilian part of our brains where like we don't want to see like the realities of our physical bodies or the way it can change or be distorted or twisted. Like that is an undeniable like mm-hmm. animal fear. <laughs> like that we don't want to or we don't want to see what's inside. Like we don't want to. That's scary. Mm-hmm. Um 
but that's like a ba- that's a classic for a reason, you know. I think it's it, usually it's about um, having insights into like what you really are as a human or what it means to be an organic being, and I think that stuff can be quite lofty and has given us like you know beyond a shadow of a doubt has given us some of the best horror movies we have. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if if Human Centipede has to occupy this genre, which I think it mm-hmm. does for sure. sure. Um, isn't that okay because we have The Thing and Society and Suspiria and Invasion of the Body Snatchers and The Brood and, like, all of these other yeah. things that are definitely also body horror but are definitely definitely more, like, high art almost, right, in many mm-hmm. cases. And you know what? Human Centipede is also trying to say something about what it is to be human. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah, and it involves pooping in someone else's mouth. Yeah. Well, it involves, think, like, sadism and, and horror. Yeah. yeah like, it's yeah, not sure. deep, but it is trying to say something. <laughs> so I'm trying to I, think how many horror movies I've seen that basically what they're trying to say is Eli Roth would like to make some money. <laughs> <laughs> there are some of those. Eli, well. Eli I mean, Roth not, would like a payday. <laughs> right. But typically, I think a lot of them are commentary about, like, I think a lot of Eli Roth stuff is like, the world is mean and bad and you have to be careful. Like, all those things about, like, travel and how, like, travel can lead you being in like a torturous situation i'm like oh he was on a bad airplane seat got it <laughs> like and they're still about something it might not be your bag and you might not think it's like delivered well but to just dismiss it and be like oh it's just a bunch of goopy guts and, and gore it typically isn't you know yeah cabin fever speaking of Eli Roth. <laughs> yeah oh man cabin fever it's saying a- the f-bomb so many times cabin fever is about a lot of not stuff, that one though. the other one oh yeah yeah, yeah. no but anyway the um Oh really? But I think you're right. I don't remember that. I have a cabin. I've yeah, yeah. seen Cabin Fever in. Yeah, yeah. It's time. it's it's of the 2000s. But um, oh great. I do think I think does you're right. I think I do like. Does Ryder Strong come off like a little bigot? <laughs> yes. Great. Cool. It is fun though, like with dying in the water. It's pretty good. The um, but uh, yeah, I think I do like body horror. Um, I did you see uh, what's the movie that uh that that young Cronenberg, the Cronenberg son made the thing? Is it called uh? Is it antiviral? Yeah. Is that the one, the one where they like, where people Mm -hmm. eat cultured, cultured flesh from celebrities? How about that one? That one. That's a, that's a great, weird, underseen movie, I think. Basically, anytime Cronenberg even approaches body horror, you're in for a great time. Like he, he's like a master at this. Um, But you know, you have some, you have some really good moments even with, uh, with smaller budget or less well-known directors, because I think it is like just such a rich, a rich idea. Um, is uh, is David Cronenberg the best Canadian? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm going to say yes because I can't think of anyone better right off the top of my head. I mean, Mike Myers. No, nope. uh, he's better than that Mike Myers. Oh, uh, hold on. What's his name? Justin Trudeau. <laughs> what about Gordon Lightfoot, <laughs> the voice of Canada? Ooh. The great one. They kind of Wayne look Gretzky. The, they kind of look well, not Wayne Gretzky, but Gordon Lightfoot and uh, and David Cronenberg kind of look the same. So maybe we can just pretend. Maybe we can just pretend <laughs> that they're they're wearing each other as skin suits. D- David Cronenberg singing the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. He has all this like nice stuff on the inside that he has to sing out. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but no, I sorry, I derailed you. But yes, I I I have decided. Yes, I do. I, I think it's cool. Yeah, I think people... at our own by bi- at our own not even biology. I think it's maybe 
it's simplistic to be like, because I mean, you know, in some sense, um, wandering a field and into ter- fertile territory that you have plowed in the past, you know, a certain amount of Alien and the Aliens, the, the Aliens franchise is sort of like, guys are really freaked out about giving birth. <laughs> yeah. And getting um, raped. Yes. Right. Yeah. Both things. And, but, 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 you know, sort of like being horrified by your own biologicalness. Yeah. Is, uh, is pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's something that unites us pretty much all as like, you know, civilized man. Like that's something we don't, you know, we, we are very far away. Most of us from, um, from the realities of, you know, like what it goes in, what goes into the care and keeping of you. We don't grow our own food. We don't slaughter our own animals. Like you don't shovel your own poop. Nope. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of disconnect there. So I think that it only you know, body horror only really gross, gets. You don't extract your own rotten molars. You don't lance your own boils. <laughs> you know. You don't drain you know. your own sores. Um, right. Normal stuff. I mean, normal, I do. To- totally normal, cool stuff. Um, yeah, but I think that body horror only gets better the more and more um, modern we become, quote unquote. The more technology yeah, sure. takes over, the, yeah, more the more horrifying our own physical forms are. <laughs> does this mean? Does this mean that like you know how like Jay, this is this is a stretch? Another problematic fave, maybe not a fave, just problematic. Uh, remember a problematic, when J.K. Rowling? A problematic. Yeah. Yeah, a problematic. Uh, it's fine for other people. Um, J.K. Rowling, right, revealing that wizards, like, just used to just, like, poop on the floor and then magic it away. So. <laughs> I'm just shaking my head. I, so I once, can't. Once I they can't. figure out that they can just magic the poop right out of their own colon, then, like, Harry Potter, the version of a Harry Potter body horror thing would be like, and then the poop came out of his body. Ah, Harry Potter. There in the toilet bowl. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That has got to be the dumbest the dumbest that's that's what nope, we should have nope, written it's, her it, nope mary mary it's not the most ignorant and hateful thing she's ever said written or published no that's certainly true but well certainly not hateful i, I think it's right up there in dumbness I'll be honest like to be like no this is great like she doesn't have to engage with that you know mm-hmm. she doesn't kind of kind of like how she doesn't have to like hold forth on her no, no one's asking. No one's asking. Shut up. If you don't, if you don't have anything smart to say, don't say anything at all. Shut up. So, do you think at the end of uh, the last episode, did J.K. Rowling, when she watched it, which I'm sure she did, rise to her feet and applaud? Yes, probably. They were like, yeah, probably. She was like, yes. She was kill like, that. These kill kill that Montrose gets it. He gets it. Probably. Probably. She is a monster. <laughs> monster body horror okay body horror she is she is my body horror body horror um in that she's a <laughs> is she a bi- biological being that is horrifying to me um right, right. but anyway so yeah i think i think it's really cool that we use body horror and uh as, as a way to talk about the concepts of passing and um like racial privilege that you know in, in a sense you could your body looks looks away. Society treats you away based on the way your body looks, and that that is horrifying and can be alienating, whether it's your body or somebody else's. Yeah. No. I simply, simply stated the most simply. I love passing stories. I have studied passing lit. I am a huge fan. Um, so I was really excited. I knew this episode was coming. I tried to read 
this chapter of the book and simply could not get through it because it was too boring. But I knew, I knew <laughs> that Maya Green was going to have our backs here. I knew this episode had like legs because I have read passing stories and I know that they're great. Um, mm-hmm. If you'd like, I like. I'm happy to give you a little bit of a background about passing. Absolutely, like, yeah. Drop from my drop, drop some knowledge, crack an egg of wisdom right into my brain. Yeah, I mean, I'm no expert, but I'm happy to tell you what I know. So, passing literature centers around, and like this is the this is like the technical description of it. It centers around a character who is a member of one racial group that passes as a member of another. Like, like basically speaking, and historically in the United States. This usually deals with um, a black or mixed race person um, who is able to assimilate into the white culture, um, usually to escape, um, you know, racial segregation, discrimination, uh, harmful social conventions, wh- whatever, sure. whatever bad stuff we're doing to brown and black people. Like they do it to to, to for economic gain and safety reasons. Mm-hmm. So um, a really important thing and one of the like kind of the foundational pieces of early passing literature um, particularly explores uh, the systemic racism and oppression that black and mixed race people experienced um, during the area of the early uh, 20th century of the one drop rule which is um, a law that says that any person who even has one ancestor of black ancestry is considered black. So one drop of black blood and you are black. Mm -hmm. Um, This is where you get all of those. Like if you, if you've like seen um, slave narratives or things like that, this is where you get uh, terms like quadroon and stuff like that. What they're saying is this person has this amount of white blood and this amount of black blood. And like, sure. but no matter what, they still are considered black. They are not considered white. So from the, that sounds like such a sorry, just to cut it. That yeah. to do to be the Gareth Reynolds here. This seems like such a stupid, complicated thing where they want to be like, we want to have in in I I've in my weirdly in my interest in Haiti and um, the history of slavery under the the, the French and the Spanish. Um, kind of read about this and that's where some of this comes from but they wanted to have all these words to describe just just how black are you but then at the end you're like oh it's also rigged because if there's even one drop who cares yeah well you know I think you, know, that, you know you know yeah. what i mean though you you make all this technical language yep. and then you're like ha ha yep jokes on you we don't we, we don't really care yeah well <laughs> you know, I think like it's, all that matters is is you know and it's a, you're and not it's a in the parsing club. it's a parsing thing it also it played into um it played into societal structures. So, like, yeah, you were still considered black, but, like, if you were light-skinned and you were you were a little bit white, like, maybe you'd get a better job. Like, that kind of thing. Sure. Like, so it still did play into it. And there's, like, kind of, like, issues of privilege are, is huge in passing literature because, of course, if you can pass, that is a privilege, but it's also, like, a terrible burden and curse at times. So these uh, one-drop... Uh, Rules were never federal law, but there were a lot of state laws that were around this. So for between the 1890s and 1908, basically all of the former Confederate Confederate states passed a a one-drop law. Um, And basically most of them had some element of it that would um, force disenfranchisement, like, 
which would disenfranchise black and uh, mixed race people until like the 60s during the civil rights laws. Like, sure, the, sure. like it took federal laws to wipe a lot of the stuff from the books, which is crazy. Well, and even and even then and even then. Right. Yeah. We just replaced the laws them. change. It, well, or, yeah. Right. You, yeah. you know, practically speaking, it, it took longer to actually enforce those laws. And even now, when you look at voter discrimination or any of the recent unpleasantness. But yeah, we still we live in a racist hellhole. I don't know what to tell you guys. Yeah. Well, we just kind of find like we just find more like sneaky, sneaky ways of doing it. We're like, well, I mean, these people were like, well, we're not. We don't have slaves anymore. We yeah, don't have right. slave no, it's, people. It's fine. Yeah, but, you sure. know, like if you're black, you're black. And that means right. stuff about you. Sure, um, sure. So passing protagonists uh, describe, so stories that are told, so there are lots of different stories, like some stories just have, you know, people who are passing around, someone who can't pass, and like that relationship. But people, stories where the protagonist themselves is passing typically describe that character's struggle, which is leveraging this like racially ambiguous appearance that they have for survival and capital gain. But... That revealing to them, of course, that our American concept of race and the one drop rule especially is ultimately absurd and arbitrary, right? Sure. Yeah. But has such but but displays that it has such profound impact on the experience of these humans that we can't dismiss them. So it's it's sort of they kind of take on almost satirical elements and and farce to show you how dumb it is that we do any of the stuff that we have done historically and continue mm-hmm. to do now. Sure. Um, if you have never read a piece of passing literature, I really recommend um, Jesse Redmond Foist, uh, Faust's Plum Bun. I really like that one. Uh, Nella Larson's Passing, which is just a little novella, so you can knock that out in an afternoon, and it is awesome. It has this whole... Uh, metaphor. It's a story about two women, one of whom who can pa- who are best friends growing up, one of whom can pass, one of whom can't, um, and uh, ends with a with a wild murder. It's great, oh, and cool. then um, a really modern. It came out in June, um, and I was lucky enough to get it uh, from um, Touchless Pickup from my library. But Britt Bennett's uh, The Vanishing Half is also very very good. Um, I'd recommend all those books, but. So is there is there any communication with the passing narrative and uh, what I've seen called shadism or colorism? Is there does that kind of it's, it's others? So I, I I understand that they are separate issues, but it it, it seems like there is kind of this yes. Uh, so privilege the, the lighter skin is more yeah. privileged. So passing Nella Larson's passing does deal with that directly because you have like the story is told from the friend's perspective who can't pass. And watching mm-hmm. her friend, who, you know, is in every way her equal, move up in society's ranks and, and kind of reject where she's come from and kind of experience that and wonder herself, like, I think that this, like, the friend who can't pass can occasionally pass, depending on uh-huh. the situation. And kind of her wrestling with the desire to be her friend but not be her friend and, real like, feel like what her friend is doing is, is fundamentally... Um, ruinous to her character and like who she is as a person but also like hating the fact that she can't have the same economic leverage yeah they play with that um Mm -hmm. but a lot of them are more internal plum bun is this way so plum bun is about 
um, a woman who can pass and initially really enjoys it, like Mm -hmm. enjoys the financial freedom it gives her, like the freedom in general it gives her. But ultimately it like corrodes her soul. Like she can't, she can't maintain it anymore. Um, I gotcha. I gotcha. And and then she sodomizes a man with a shoe. (laughs) Exactly. But like all of this. But but the more I know about this, the more. Uh, this not I'm not especially learned about passing narratives. The more I, I see how this is absolutely directly a passing yes. story. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, the pa- most passing literature, uh, most padding passing narratives hit these particular beats. Number one, you have to show an extreme contrast between the black and white experience in America. Otherwise, nothing else that follows will make sense, right? Otherwise, no one sure. would pass, and it or or like anyone could pass. Yeah, yeah, it'd yeah. be fine. Why would you do this? Or or yeah, yeah. Or yeah. else it would be sort of right. Harmless. It'd be a non-issue. So that has to be. That's like table stakes. That's always set up. Sure. Then usually, um, if your protagonist is passing themselves, you have a lot of internally like internal um, struggles, like. I have this shattered identity. I've betrayed my own self. I I see myself mm-hmm. becoming the people who I ha- who have hated me and my family for like as long as we've been around, you know. So that's like definitely a part of this as well. And then there usually is some element of revenge. Revenge narratives are not uncommon in passing literature because, of course, like you're sliding under the wire so you can get in under the enemy camp and you can cause some havoc. And those sure. ones are usually pretty fun. So all of those things, all of those beats are hit in this story, but with this delicious supernatural version which dovetails so beautifully into body horror, like body horror and like having sure. a shattered identity and being horrified by by the th- like the, your biological being and how it can change and distort. Like that's all super cool. And I'm I'm actually surprised we haven't really had very many passing horror narratives like this because it it works so well together. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty cool. good. So um, I think within this, I mean, they're, they're pretty clear with the butterfly motif that uh, we have metamorphosis and self-actualization, de- figuring out who you are, perhaps uh, emerging from a chrysalis to find yourself changed and then how you feel about it. And they, they, we get two parallel stories here. We see, we see Montrose and we see Ruby. Um, and I think we should talk about Ruby because she is not a miserable murderer. Yeah, <laughs> um, fair enough. And uh, I think her story is both more gross and more interesting um, in this respect. Uh, and I thought um, so. For starters, let's just let, let, let let's 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 be dumb and very superficial. How great the, the effects are! So the, <laughs> you can't so you can't describe to somebody how great how great the yep. all the all the skin and like. Um, the part where she opens her mouth and there's an eye inside her mouth. Yeah, there's like those, there's like facial features kind of floating around back there. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. It's really so good. creepy. Um, so I creepy. Did, I did like that William has to cut her out of the body the first time, but also why is it? To, I, I mean, it's fine. It doesn't. It it's not really explained. But like, won't it just fall off and rot rot away, like uh, like it does all the other times? But. Yeah, it was it was pretty great. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we're just supposed to be like, oh no, Ruby's dead. Oh no, yeah. or like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, sure. I think that's what's supposed. To I don't know. I thought it was pretty clear that he was let. He has to let something out of her. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think I think we're supposed to. I think it's supposed to be a little bit rapey. I think it's supposed to be a little bit hor. I think it's supposed to be horrifying that he would do sure, that. Sure. Yeah, His yeah. like dead calm at like this sort of uncontrollable, terrible situation. Like if he just like he could have had the same effect. I suppose if he just like kicked back on a chaise lounge and was like, "Go for it." Yeah, and no, just, like, no, no, kind you're of admired right. No, no, it. no. But yeah, no, it's cool. It's cool that he. It's lets like out. a rebirth Let's... scene thing too. You know, I don't know. It worked for me. I I wasn't too worried about it. Yeah, yeah. The effects so, are beautiful. I love that you have a hint of like it's not just skin. That would have been easy if it was like just kind of like pieces of latex that come off. <laughs> but it's also just look blood. Like you got a bad sunburn. Yeah, right. no, it, yeah. It's, it's also like blood the... and f- there's like a fat layer there. Like it's all it's it's just goopy enough to be really yeah, yeah. gross. Yeah, it's really good. And the first time when her face kind of fall, the bottom part of her face falls off. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, this is I, this is some of the best effects we've seen thus far. I would say. I said, yeah, I think think you're pretty much right. Yeah. Even when it's even when it's clearly CG, um, when we get the reveal that spoilers, uh, Christina and William are the same person. They, <laughs> I feel like they kind of treat it like it's a big reveal. <laughs> yeah, well, I think <laughs> when some you're people like, yeah, were we figured it out, but we, yeah, that's not what what is But even that looks really good. Like it's cool where you see the hands moving up the back and down the arms and into the hands. Well, do you know what that's an homage to? It's an American Werewolf in London, which is a great oh, body yeah. horror story as well. Uh-huh. But like. But I watched that scene again. It reminded me of it. I watched the scene again. I think it has to be the posture mm-hmm. that William falls into, like on all fours. Like that's that's that mm-hmm. big, which which was a groundbreaking, not only a groundbreaking like scene for body horror, but was a groundbreaking scene for movie making. Like that mm. that transformation yeah. is is unbelievable. And the, you've got the like the hands that you see, like yeah, the hands like the hands dripping down that's that and also the rising head sort of bursting through the back yeah mm-hmm. straight yeah, up cool. awl and i also like that it's basically like a wolf in sheep's clothing metaphor i thought that that was funny i was like I mean, that's yeah. clever although i, guess, I always I mean, I thought that william was sinister as, as af yeah w- so w- w- when it, william has been i mean ruby acutely ties him to the devil yeah yeah in yeah. the way she talks about him. but yes um but uh, but yeah no so the 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 the, effect, the way it's done is 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 amazing. Um, uh, you want to talk a little bit about Hillary Davenport? Hillary Davenport. She's I, an imported good. Yeah, um, I also like that. Uh, so Davenport is a important uh, house of drag queens. I don't think that's a mistake. Oh, <laughs> especially given yeah. Montrose's um, story. Right, sure, yeah, yeah. Explicit and I think drag, yeah. in the book, I did get this far. Uh, she's named that because of a famous explorer, like an explorer who scaled Everest, I think, whose last name uh-huh. was Hillary. Oh, and okay. that's why she yeah. goes by Hillary. But I think we're also invited to see the um, parallels um, with uh, potentially Hillary sure. Clinton is oh. there as well, I think. Oh, maybe. As like sort of like this consummate white woman. Yeah, I do like that. I mean, the very I, I realize, accomplished white woman, you know. Yeah, I do kind of like that. Ruby's dream, um, at least initially, is like to be a respectably middle class white lady. <laughs> yeah, well, and that that also feels so right. Like, yeah, like when we watch it as privileged people, we're like, oh, that's so small, really. Like in the broad scheme of things, like, yeah, Ruby, of course you can do that job. Like you, mm-hmm. you are on this, yes. Um, so it seems mm-hmm. so fit. It makes it, 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 to me, that's like sort of the, where the passing narrative like points out the utter absurdity. Like, 
can yeah, sure. can a black woman work at a department store? Yeah, of course, of course. In There's fact, no question. It, right, right. And in fact, with on, on based on her merits in a perhaps colorblind assessment, um, she she is qualified to be the manager. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah or assistant like, manager, whatever job is. Yeah. Right. Well, and then even even Paul is like, oh, you might get my job. Har har. The only reason she's not going to get his job is because she's a woman. But yes, right. When when she's Hillary. But like, Mm -hmm. yeah, no, like Ruby is like by far the most accomplished person who's ever had this like goal, you know? Yeah, Um, I I feel weird saying this, but I loved the racism of the employees and the bosses. Like I thought that I don't yeah, I don't love it, but it felt very real. And it's, uh, it's some like good early Mad Men realness. Right, like, right. And it didn't. It. Right. And it didn't. It was it didn't come off as cartoonish. I thought um, like initially remember when she um, has transformed in her house and then is wandering around Chicago as a white lady horrified that she looks different. And uh, she knocks she knocks into the guy with the the boy carrying the popcorn. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, a cop car pulls up and they're like, we will kill this boy for you, ma'am. Yeah, um, pretty, like pretty that, cartoon. That was a little yeah. bit, little bit over the top. Like, like, <laughs> how did that? Well, how, and how, I like you. I understand what they're showing there, but like, how did they? How did they? How, did they? How would they see that? How did they know what the? You know. Yeah. Um, but but and so then you're kind of like, are we gonna? But they rein that back in, and I thought that the way that the um, the the, the sort of general shittiness of her uh female co-workers or subordinates um and like how they're how they're sort of mean and snide about um uh, uh tamara and the uh like just the casualness of their racism feels real i think we've all uh if not even if not explicitly racism but like it has that sort of like we are the we're the mean girls we're the mean co-workers and we're letting you in so now we're going to show our meanness as a way to you sort of like make you feel like you are complicit you know yep i thought that well and and like and you see like the scene where they're like oh we could get back to work or you could try on these shoes (laughs) like like they know they know that that and it's kind of it's it's cleverly done where like yes they are accepting hillary but they still are are socially positioning her such that they can still do whatever they want because they've been working here longer and they want to take I, long breaks and try on fancy clothes, and they don't want. So they're yeah. gonna they're gonna bully her basically into right. a position where they get to continue to do that. Like right. that all yes. felt that all felt very right for like a privileged class, you know. Yeah. Yes, and and, and we found Tamara is doing a bunch of extra work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it does, you know, right? She is nowhere to be found on their breaks. Presumably, she's you know, she's one probably still working, piously eating her sandwich in the alley or something. Uh, yeah. It also, did it seem kind of funny where they were like, "Or you could try on these naughty stilettos," and they're like black high heels. And you're yeah. like, "Who even are you guys?" Right. Right. <laughs> right. But 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 that also I think speaks to a kind of. Um, Maybe kind of like a bored middle class conception of sexuality, you know, maybe where it's kind of like, oh, getting spicy. Yeah. <laughs> Stilettos, you know, that sort of thing where it's kind of there. They uh, they kind of I mean, you know, right for varying for a certain amount of hyperbole. They have everything. And so they are bored and they need excitement. But also their world is so small that the excitement is something like. Let's go to a bar on the south side and 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 gawk at the people, right? Which is right. 
small and contemptible. Oh, and disgusting. So, yeah, and but, but you don't, but, 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 you know, right. That, isn't that the same thing that if, if this was a modern show, they'd all be like talking about like pole dancing class or, you know, like what, what you know, like, um, uh, or, uh, they would definitely the, have one the, of those, those wine like weird paint nights. Yeah, but those weird. Although, remember when all of America became strangely interested in BDSM after Fifty Shades oh, of Grey yeah, hit yeah. big? Yeah, they'd all be eating but, but Benoit just, balls. Yeah, which, which again is not, which is not to say that there's an, there's obviously nothing wrong with any of that stuff, but kind of a, um, how about the American middle class consumptive, um, desire to seek stimulation by uh, appropriating and colonizing and engaging in tourism and only taking the most superficial little little lick on the ice cream cone of all sorts of all sorts of anything because our lives are empty and dull and boring. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean like the tourism is the right word. That's how they treat yeah, yeah, yeah. all of this. Absolutely. Right. And, and it and, drives and, Ruby nuts because she has to like explode like a newborn baby out of this woman's skin <laughs> just so that she can have the chance to like touch that tourism and she's watching she's watching these women at um, you know, one of her neighborhood bars just sliding right into it like it's not even a big deal. Like, like right. nobody, like no one, no one on the dance floor is like, no, you guys can't dance with us. Like they're like, right. sure, yeah, go for it. Like, like the 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 ease which they can pass into her space while still while still maintaining the upper hand galls her, and it's it's very yeah. effective. Yeah, it's very effective. You understand exactly why she wants to get the hell out of there. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah, and, I, and I think it's cool that basically that she discovers that I, I, I think it actually is. You could even discuss this, but I feel like she discovers that it is empty and contemptible. And that's why she doesn't want to do it anymore. It's not like I don't think it's. So, I mean, I guess she is horrified by the way her. Um, but I, I, she's already made the decision. She smashed the potion and then she sees her boss um, uh, attempt to date rape um, her her coworker. But yeah. uh, but but but, you know, I think that it's not. It would be a little bit too pat and moralizing over her to be like, these people are terrible racists, even though I am a person who lives with racism every day. Right, you know, right. Instead, no, she didn't expect them to be anything but. Right, right. And in fact, it's it's really it's more like a banality of evil. Like, like is this is this worth it? Do I, yeah. Do I have to deal with these assholes forever? You know, kind of more. Well, it feels like it's more like that than it is. Well, you and know. she's and she realizes it's not like her her self. Her sense of self and her ability to be herself and to to express herself without without having to put on a mask is way mm-hmm. more important than the the capital gains she can get or the or mm-hmm. the status symbols she thought she wanted very badly she'd do anything for that it requires her to to become white to do mm-hmm. like yeah that all and and it doesn't even you don't even get knocked over the head with it you're like oh yeah I, we get that. Like that's mm-hmm. that's a very human thing, um, where you don't want to pretend you don't want to be pretend to be something you're not. Like it's not right. that's not fun. That's shattering to your identity. You don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. No one should have to do that. I mean, unless you're Don Draper, and then it's like totally cool. It's a yeah. subplot we get bored of after about a season, and then. Well, he's also a contemptible person, so maybe he should <laughs> pretend to be somebody else. <laughs> I'm just saying. Wait, wait, are you talking? I, wait, are you talking about him or the showrunner? The character, or the showrunner. <laughs> impossible to differentiate at a certain point. I'm pretty sure <laughs> the master and his work. Yeah, but I really liked. I thought Ruby's story was like a plus plus. I was very into it with with some small quibbles, but 
overall, sure. like, very, very into it. Did you like when she tries to kind of do the, like, respectability politics and mentoring to Tamara? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Poor Tamara. Yeah, I think that that, that plus, like, stru- the constant struggle of her, like, wanting to be accepted by the white people because it's so novel that they would. But obviously being, like, still, like, upset and disturbed, obviously, by their racism is, like, a perfect description of this, like, torn place she's in where, like, she does start to act crappy the way white people do because everyone's treating her like a white person. Mm -hmm. Um, So she is, like, she is getting the privilege and the, like, cultural racism that comes with that. Like, like, just kind of, like, takes to it like a duck to water. But at the same time, she knows that she's not really white like she feels Mm -hmm. that so deeply in her bones i do love the scene where she's like no don't put the shoes that way because you don't understand you have to work harder like white people are so crazy you have no idea (laughs) there are wizards and dead guys in closets yeah Yeah. yeah. crazy like i i loved that whole scene yeah that part was funny yeah yeah And, and, and wood wonders do you think um sort of blown out do you think that there's a certain amount of kind of uh poison chalice sort of thing here where even if, right, even if she didn't hook up with some 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 wizards from Massachusetts and uh, become a skin-changing, uh, you know, uh, shapeshifter, even if maybe she had gotten this job, she would have been close to this corrosive racism and had to deal with it. And maybe even if they'd been like, oh, Ruby, you're one of the good ones. Let's, you know, like, take us to the bar. If she was Tamara, she, she would hate that. Like, she would hate that, too. Yeah, Tamara. No, yeah, one, you know, wants, no one wants like, to be Tamara in this situation right. either. But like, you know, she thinks she thinks she wants to be a counter girl, but actually, that also she she also would hate that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yes, even if she could yeah, do you it know. in her own skin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She still yeah. wouldn't. It still would be horrible. Right, and I think it's because both of these characters, she is literal. Like Ruby is literally passing the most literal way one can. Right, like sure. supernatural potions Magically that make passing. me white. Yes. And um, and Tamara is not is like figuratively passing. They have decided sure. yes. that Tamara can come into the white space. She is the one socially acceptable black person that they're willing to right. sort of put up with. Right. And they're and, and to punish her for that, they're going to make her life kind of hell and they're going to treat her bad and they're going to make her do like, right. you know, she, kind of yeah. demean herself by like taking them on a, a you know, human safari kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and describe it in those terms, but mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but no, have something. No, there's something I can't remember exactly what they say, but they're like, teach us to do the bunny hop mamba, which is also the thing where they're like, you know, yeah, you're black, you know how to dance. Teach us, teach so, us the dances of, you know. So it was. So it's it's right after that scene where she's like, you have no idea what's going on with white people. They are so much wilder than you had any idea. Um, mm-hmm. That she then and then Paul's like, you okay? And she's like, yeah, no, Tamara's going to take us out on the south side. I kind of wonder, she's so angry at that scene where she sees the white people just kind of, like, slide into her space like it's no big thing. Uh Um, I kind of wonder if it was, because I was like, that was a really crummy thing you did to Tamara to make her do that to you. But I kind of wonder if it was, like, she kind of, she was so tired of being secretly black in a white space and having to deal with like kind of that disenfranchisement and um, 
and and rejection and and fear that comes with that with being feeling out of place. I wonder if she kind of wanted to put those white people in that place, and then when she saw that it wasn't working, she's got like she became furious, and that's when oh, she was yeah. like, "I can't continue to move back and forth anymore like this. It's not it's not worth it." Maybe I. I, I think that is a very valid and good read. I kind of saw that as maybe her maybe morally sort of hitting rock bottom. Like she is breaking down and she's like, oh, no, what am I going to do? Yes, I'll just throw. I will throw my fellow black person under the bus to try because that's what these people want. They just want to go to the south side because they talked about it before. And then I th- and then I see it as being she gets there and she's like, what? Why? What have I? Why become? did I do this? Yeah, yeah, sort of. And and both they can kind of exist in similar spaces. Yeah. But that, that was my read on it where it's kind of a. She panics because she is having a breakdown and trust and covers it up by sort of right, like humiliating the person she is kind of supposed to be protecting a little bit. And then she realizes that that's that she's she has she's taken it a step too far. Yeah. So Ruby's not the only one who's um, coming out of a chrysalis phase mm-hmm. in the story. Let's talk about Montrose. Montrose. Montrose who finally has his own plot. Right. His own plot, but guess what? He doesn't really want to be involved. In his own no. Plot. No, he hates it. He hates it the whole way through. Except to the very, very end. I will I mean, say look, look, look. Yeah, I will ahead. say that this like initially I was like, oh, they're just gonna waste it. They're just gonna waste what Montrose being gay. They're just gonna waste it. Um but I was surprised by how much of a sucker I ended up being for, like, the f- redemptive and freeing power of dance and glitter and drag. I was very happy for uh, Montrose when he was spinning around on that dance floor. I mean, uh, okay, look. look I, <laughs> I understand what they're doing. And it should work. I mean, they're manipulating the hell out of us. I get right, right. that. But, like, Freddy deserves better than Montrose. Sammy. Um, Oh, Sammy. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can Sammy take it be- again. Yeah. Sorry. So Sammy deserves better than Montrose. Yeah. And it, I mean, if, and, and I, right, l- let us say that if Montrose was a real person, he is allowed to feel about the, the, the huge amount of trauma and alienation that he has experienced any sort of way that he wants. It's all valid. But also he's a fictional character. And a fictional murderer, and we have to, and he's just a, such a drag on everything, and he seems unable to interact with anyone in a, in a way that is even remotely positive. And I understand that this is supposed to show us, like, that he finds acceptance and love and can finally accept in some small way who he is and that he is worthy of, of love and dance and music, and that's supposed to be great. But I don't care because he's a miserable bastard the whole way through. And it feels a little bit unearned, you know, like yeah. it's just it's just people. It, it's it's sort of a thing where it's like he's a miserable son of a bitch. But luckily, good people love him and the good people will save him from his own miserable son of a bitchness. And he doesn't have to do any work at all. Yeah. You I, know mean, what I mean, it's, I mean, he definitely it fits into sort of like the the, the troubled, complicated man kind of narratives where you're like. We were like, oh, maybe he will get better. I'm interested to see where they're going to take it. I did not expect this. Mm-hmm. I did not expect them to lean so hard. I mean, because, like, of course, having a, a the black queer experience examined during this time and is is really cool. And we yes. never, like, this is, like, when we talked about it again, like, we're, we were very used to in 
uh, mainstream media having like very definitive parts for black people to play. This is not one of those parts typically we see. And I think it's good. Like, yes, like any exposure we can do this. This is also like kind of. So, I mean, like when you saw when you saw that drag ball, um, I mean, I think it, it it positively begs you to learn more. It's it's mm-hmm. by far one of the funnest scenes we've got. Like the only like it's it's on par with Letty's party or Ruby's um, singing at the block party. Like it's it's that kind of level of like energy and fun. Um, I liked that they had actual drag superstars there. You have Shangela and uh, Monet Exchange are the two that I recognized. I'm sure that there are others there as well that others will as well recognize. Um, but it was interesting to look into it. So there is a press. This is this is historic. There's a precedent for this. Drag balls were started by the black community by the black queer community um, in Harlem during the Harlem Renaissance, and definitely were in Chicago in the 19th, starting in the 1930s, when they would have these Bronzeville drag balls, usually around Halloween and New Year's, like other times where like there were lots of big parties going on. And it was a um, space Bronzeville at that time was um, sort of unique by most accounts in that it was an artist community. It was okay to, you know, it was okay to be queer and like be like be open about your relationship within your community. And these drag balls were kind of like, you know, like the ultimate of that, the ultimate cutting loose of mm-hmm. space of, of of queer black people coming together. Um, what's interesting is that, so that's the 30s into the 40s. And then in the 1950s, there are, um, there are, there's quite a bit of thought uh, around the fact that there was sort of this like clamping down on the sexual mores of the working class. And you can see that in formerly queer-friendly black publications that, you know, like Ebony Magazine used to cover drag balls and, like, talk about, like, the best dressed and, and like, advertise for them and stuff. And then in the 1950s, it went to much more conservative narratives where it replaced that section with, like, stories about sexual identity conversion. Like, oh, I thought I thought I was a gay person, but you know what? Now I'm in love with a nice man, nice woman, and I, I could, you know, they saved Jesus me. Christ saved yep. me from my, yep. And articles about traditional family life. How do you, a black mother, raise your black children so that your black husband comes home and has a good, like, a good meal on the table? Like, stuff like that. Sure. And I'm, I kind of feel like this this show potentially could use Montrose to sort of, like, tackle that shift. That's an interesting cultural shift and a cultural shift that I am very, I would like to know more about. <laughs> and, like, why mm-hmm. it happened and and how it affected uh the queer community at that time. So I, I have some hopes for this storyline. I think the storyline might go in interesting places, um, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. That, that, that would involve Montrose wanting to participate in his own story in any way. Yeah. He's, he's pretty much, he just like is always sucking on a lemon. He's a pretty, he's a pretty sad, sad sack. You know that all of the other Queens who were at Sammy's getting ready were like, who is this guy? Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, no, no. Yes. Like he's sucking yes. the air out of the room. Like, Montrose, Montrose is the ultimate shitty boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, or they're like, or um, Sam would be like, great. Like they're having like a party and they're, and Sammy's like, great, we'll bring wine. And they're like, we, oh, Montrose is coming. Oh. Yeah, no, no. He's the. He's, it's the thing where he you invite him to your house party and then like 
Sammy is always the most fun, but then, oh, he always has to disappear because Montrose has a freak out and he has to spend four hours talking to him in the bathroom or, you know, you know, Montrose is mad. Now Sammy has to go home. Right. <laughs> you know, like, right. The, it's just that, the, like the dead weight. It's that social <laughs> thing where you're other. like, Sammy's the most fun, but Montrose is the least fun. So together <laughs> they equal an OK person. So yeah, do we yeah. want an OK person to come to our party or not? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I would like I would like to believe I mean, it's really going to kind of depend on how the next episode goes if we touch on this, like, or like, whenever we touch on this. Yeah, I'm saying I think the next episode is going to be a flashback, so. Yeah, but like, whatever, we, you know, whatever, however they continue this will will deeply affect how I feel. If they backtrack on this or they don't expand it or we don't, you know, kind of learn more or or Montrose doesn't like, you know stay good for Sammy or like patch things up with Atticus in a way that is, that is meaningful. Like th- then this is all for not, you know? Yeah. I just, yeah. yeah. And, and again, if Montrose is a real person, he has, he, he witnessed massacre in Tulsa. He, yeah, you know, like he, he, he has unbelievable amounts of trauma and, and, you know, every person, every real person is deserving of love and uh, understanding and even, you know, no one is beyond the pale, blah, 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 blah. It is, however, that he's a fictional character, so I am allowed to just feel like they have made cho- made choices in a kind of uh, lazy and off-putting way for him. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, I think I think this is one of those things where it it uh, this is this is a start. Mm-hmm. It just feels so unearned. That's all. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, well, because he, he's he, not he's not really done it. I mean, like, he's yeah, he's done of... no work at all. He just like yeah. drinks whiskey in his underpants and yeah. burns burns plot critical items. You know. Yeah. I mean, like the murder, the mur- his murder from right, the last right, yes. episode is still weighing heavy on me during right. this. Um, it's also like the most cold blooded kind of murder. It's not it's a completely unnecessary murder. You know, he doesn't he could have done a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. He did yeah, not yeah. choose to do those things. Though. But yeah. I'm just saying if now suddenly he's supposed to be good, like, hey, look, no, he went to a drag ball and now he's now he loves himself and everyone else feels weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And let us not forget that he was an abusive parent who perpetuated a cycle of abuse, and that Atticus deals with, is dealing with that too. Which sags? You want to talk about it? You want to talk about Atticus? Yeah, we I don't. I don't because Atticus is very boring. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, like, I, I kind of don't. I'm just I, turning on all the men in this show. <laughs> I kind of don't mind because I feel like if they tried to make Atticus more interesting, he might steal some of Letty's shine, and that is unacceptable. Um, uh, that may be. Like, if they wanted to make Atticus cooler, they would give him some of the stuff to do that they let her do, and they shouldn't do that because she's yeah, like sure. better to yeah. do it. Um. Like, they could have had him do, I mean, like, pretty much what Atticus has done in this show so far is, like, run around, talk to villagers, and bleed. Those are his yeah, main yeah. jobs. Yes, main jobs. Oh, I, and, I, and I, get possessed by things. That's another yeah, thing I was, he's quite good at. I was, uh, I thought it was kind of chilling when he, when, right at the very beginning, when we, when they discover that, uh, uh, that Montrose has killed, uh, Yahima, and he, like, beats the he beats the crap out of his dad like he is trying to kill him with his fists and is like instantly mad you know in a way that and i may be reading too much into this but it feels like a it's a it's a it's a domestic abuse kind of it's a domestic abuse scene like it's that 
overwhelming fury and violence that is that is meted out on a person who did something wrong. And again, Montrose murdered murdered yeah, the, Montrose the, the mystical truly being. did something truly did something truly bad. But so. the way it is shot, he is he is fragile and small and scared. And Atticus is, you know, is 250 pounds of muscle just like it's, beating the Yeah, it's it's the working kind of, him like a speed bag. You know what I mean? It's not it's 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 a total one-sided fight. It feels like a man beating a child. Yeah. And it, well, it feels and I think it's so horrible. And I think it's supposed to. I think we're supposed to understand yeah. that that's like what his dad did to him when he was a kid. Um right, but but again, yeah. But like, but, but that doesn't make us feel be good. better. Yeah, don't. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then we seg from that to him nursing his fists, and then he and Letty have a very hot, intense sex scene, which I think is supposed to like kind of like redeem the earlier sex scene. But to me, it just again, it's it's like Letty get away from this guy, like the the the, the thing where it's like violence and anger and sex being kind of all that. That's domestic abuse. Like that's. That's a man who will hit you and will hit your children. Yeah, you, you want to be I mean? like, like you want to be like he hit his dad. Eventually, he's gonna throw you through the coffee table. Like and again and again and again. People in real life who have experienced domestic abuse, you know, statistically there is there these these cycles perpetuate themselves. Everyone is deserving of love, forgiveness, and a chance to work on themselves. But just if Letty was your friend and a real person, you'd be like, you need to get away from this guy. Like, yeah. this is not... Or you'd be like, you need to be careful. Like, really listen to your gut. Like, pay attention. Yeah. Keep your eyes open. Like, right. ah. Um, I know you think <laughs> this guy's a good guy, but maybe he's not such a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, buddy. He describes the Chinese language as Chinese hieroglyphics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yikes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, yikes. There are... There are parallel scenes in this of men talking to women while the women are in a bathtub, which I would say that's a very fine Chardonnay. You aren't drinking scenes. Yeah, it's really funny. Yeah, like William does it to Ruby and Atticus does it to Letty. Yeah, and which and, is and, a weird, and, which is a weird no, no, parallel. And, and isn't to it draw. funny the way we talk about it? The man does it to the woman, right? The woman is completely. Well, is, the woman is just is just cleaning like, her armpits. Yeah, well, like but, she's but no, taking a bath. They are, they are sexily bathing. But they are undressed. They are, you know, and a man, a fully dressed man, impose himself on the situation to be like, let's have some banter while I, I, I hold all the cards in this situation and in every situation. Yeah, I guess what I mean is they are taking a bath. They are not right, like yes. Atticus or William coming oh, here yeah, right, and entertain right, right. me while There's I'm in a, the bathtub. Right, right, right. There's a special birthday surprise for you, Mr. President. Yeah, no, that's there's not an invitation. <laughs> yeah. They are taking a bath. They are sulking in their tub. They are washing their armpits. They're doing whatever they want to do. Why don't like, Why don't we feel the same way about conversations that are had while one partner is on the toilet? <laughs> Oh, man. That's like one of those thought experiments where it's like, what if we all gathered to poop together and then we ran into a little room to eat? Um, <laughs> Separate. Yeah, yeah. No, no. For sure. Yeah. What if it was just a big old switcheroo? But no, but like a bubble bath is a sexually fraught thing. You know, something that, 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 that I offer my children as a reward. <laughs> Yeah, um, totally. You're like, but also, but but being seated on the toilet, nobody. Is, <laughs> I mean, some people. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, it depends on how nice your toilet is, I suppose. Um, Ooh, a, a, a remote control bidet. Now, I mean, now if you've, you've got, got a me fancy going. Japanese toilet, like with like you know all the bells right. and whistles. That's that's pretty lu- luxe, I would say. Shiatsu but, seat. My yeah. goodness. Yeah. 
Yeah. Bum bum dryer after the after the spray. Ooh. Ooh but but anyway, but but right, Letty and like Letty and Atticus have a very like what feels like a very modern conversation where they're like, I just don't know if I know how to love people. <laughs> Yeah, I I did not care about any of that. Not right, really. And, again, and, and I understand the idea. It, okay, but it's still weird where, like, Atticus is just like, my parents' love was unknowable. Which, like... Wait, yeah, wait, no, really? dude. Like, your parents' I mean, marriage did, was, right, and, and, was weird because your dad was gay and, like, didn't feel right, like he could but, express it. Right, and, and indeed, maybe they did have a good marriage. But not, but what we seem to be right, like there are. I'm they're sure not, they are not telling us that though. Like we've right, now right, heard it yeah. from Atticus and his mom. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that I am sure that, that that right historically, there are plenty of gay men who married women and fathered children oh. who were great fathers. Oh yeah, of course, and, and of course. great and honestly great husbands. Yeah, right, and of course. But also, but in this, we we get the sense that his dad is this like dysfunctional alcoholic who like beats the crap out of him and has is passing all of his trauma onto his kid. Um, but there's never a thing where like, like, I don't know, you just kind of wait for Atticus to be like, you know, I, I don't know, say something like my dad, you know, raised his fist to me. And that's why I promised I would never hurt the people I love. And I don't know, like, and maybe that's kind of like boy scouty Captain America bullshit, but like, you kind of want, it kind of feels like he needs to say that to Letty because I don't, <laughs> I, it, <laughs> He, it, it, or at least, like maybe there could be a moment where, where it's it's a little it's a little bit pointed out, and and he could he could express some some fear and sadness about it. Like the thing that was felt so weird and like about their conversation to me and why kind of why I didn't care about it. It felt kind of like navel gazy, like yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm just so messed up. I I've never seen love. It's what a, it's, is it's, love? It's the crappy boyfriend, like. It's the um, it's the uh, Jax Taylor therapy speak. Like I'm just in a bad place right now, and I need to work on myself. Yeah, and that's why I will continue to use you for sex, but not have a real adult relationship with you because I am incapable of thinking I deserve love. So I'm the bad guy, but also it's not my fault. Yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> not my fault, and I'm 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 going to work on it quote unquote but like you know and, you gotta and, hang in there yeah, like yeah, yeah, with yeah. for whatever you're i'm gonna put you through because it's gonna be something right, like i yes, don't know right. it just but it just it yeah. felt it felt kind of like i was just like all right, i mean okay whatever <laughs> or like get Lenny back to like, ruby like enough or when Lenny was like something about like you could have killed him or were you worried you're gonna kill him and addicts just like decides to channel John Wick or something and is like, when I was a boy, every day. Or like, whatever. He's like, I thought about killing him all the time when I was a kid. That's not a, that's not what you say to your girlfriend. (laughs) When you just, you know what I mean? Like when you just, when you just demonstrated explosive temper driven violence. When you just had passionate consent, consenting, enthusiastically consenting, uh, mutually satisfying sex. Yeah, no. Yeah, that right. seems like a that seems like a real bummer. <laughs> real bummer. Um, what do you What are you thinking about, baby? Murder? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah. What you doing? Remembering the fact that I wanted to murder my dad for most of my life. Whoa. Whoa. But anyway, um, so, but but like, okay. Um, you want? Let's talk about William and Ruby, and therefore also. Christina and Ruby. Yeah. Um, the I think the 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 Patrick Bateman esque um, 
very fine Chardonnay aspect of their bathing conversation is, I think, more explicit. It's very much a Ruby basically kind of is like, look, why'd you pick out me? Why am I why am I being treated to the pretty woman experience? And he talks about feeling magic when he sees her, but there's no magic being done. So is this is this a lie? Is Christina into Ruby? Um, I think Christina is into Ruby. She kind of has to be um, to to do these things. Or or at the very least, she is into dominating Ruby. I mean, like, to me, to me, Christina wearing a William suit and having sex with Ruby. I mean, Christina is pr- pretty much raping Ruby. Like, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's very revenge of the nerds. Like, Ruby does not know who she is having sex with. And that is not cool. I agree. It. It, it definitely is, you know, because it's magic. It's definitely somewhere in the spectrum of, like, you don't, I mean, do you have to tell somebody your real name if you're having a one-night stand? Is that the same thing as pretending to be their husband? It's yeah. just, like, a, it's it's a stranger pretending to be a different stranger. Well, but, I right. would be, I would be shocked. I would be shocked if Christina did not know that Ruby is Letty's sister and that this doesn't have something right. to oh. do with the fact that she wants to get into Letty's house. Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, right, of course, right. And I'm I'm, I'm perhaps playing the devil's advocate a little bit here, but, right, like, it's... But, no, I think that, I think that Christina... It, it's, 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 it's definitely on the especially bad end of sex by deception at the most charitable. Of course. But I'm just saying, but when she says, is that real? Is that just BS? Um... You know that she's that she talks about feeling, uh, feeling magic. Maybe she could still love Ruby. If that's the case, why does she then put Ruby in danger? Like the, the whole plot with the office. I mean, maybe there's some explanation that maybe they will heavy-handedly tell us. Maybe that office is warded against people of other sorceress lodges' blood, and so she has to. But like you know, because she could, she could take somebody else's skin and like sneak in and do it right. Yeah, or I mean, why? she could she could take the potion why do that you... makes her the groundskeeper who is Hillary and then do that. One would think. Right. right. Or yeah. Or uh, maybe they or... can like maybe they can like smell her out. They're like, ooh, fellow right. or, but... fellow Grand High Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan blood. Right. We know. Or just or hang out or just hang out in that weird area where she was adjacent to their lodge, which seems very dangerous for Christina. And just slip any of the other servers, you know, twenty bucks to like be like, look, just put this see that room, put it in there. See this rock, put it there. Yeah. Right. You would think. You would you know think. What I mean? Like it's it seems like it's, it's she has yeah. it seems like she has intentionally entangled herself with Ruby to a big and exposed degree, which makes you think maybe she loves her, but I mean, it's, I think I think that she is at least sexually into Ruby. Yeah. Like, she has to be. William slash Christina does not have to have sex with Ruby to, to right. get... To make, to, to make any of this work. To make yeah. any of this work. I, that is a choice. I think that... I think she's into Ruby. But I think that Ruby's choice is no mistake. I don't think that Christina views Ruby as um, I think I think she views Ruby as ultimately expendable in this otherwise they mm-hmm. would, she wouldn't put her in danger um, or make her go through something which is traumatizing and, sure. and, and horrible right yeah. yeah um I do think I do think that Christina is like the like one of the things that's the best about this um is that Ruby finally tells Christina to can it for the winter with this white feminist bullshit? Oh, I, yeah, I, I love sisters. that. Sisters, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, I love that. That's I one love of that. my love. That's one of my Lovecrafts of this episode. Yeah. Um. 
But, like, I think that Christina, like a lot of white feminists who have a lot of bullshit, um, really, really does believe that. Like, I don't think that she's, I don't think she's trying to manipulate or, or, uh, or is lying to Ruby in that moment. I think that she really does believe that she, because she has felt, she has felt discrimination and pain, mm-hmm. and she wants to find somebody else who's experienced more discrimination and pain, who she can control, which would feel good, but also be able to be like, but I'm like you. Yeah, yeah, she feels you like she feels. Me. She, she tries to do it with Atticus. She does it with Letty. Like, she's, tr- she's doing it to Ruby yeah, yeah. now. I think it's genuine. So, yeah, you think she's a real white lib feminist? Yeah. And so I think that p- yeah. that's also some of the appeal of, of, of like, once again, none of this. She doesn't have to hang out with Ruby to make any of this really happen. If Ruby is just right. a pawn, she doesn't have to like, you know, hang out on the couch and like paint nails and give watch her, TV. Give her with bubble her. baths. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. But she does, and I think it's because she, I think she is a lonely figure who is reaching out and trying to find people who like can validate her experience while she can also still exploit them, which is a wonderful commentary on white feminism. Yeah, and the, I think the "we want to be you" and "you want to be us" is a very is like words that I think are true now and very modern, but yeah. probably weren't true then. I don't think those. I don't the, the, those the amount of privilege and like blindness that the that uh, um, Hillary's uh, coworkers have means. I, I don't think that they wish they were black women. Um, no, I mean all you have to do is look at is look at passing literature. If it is if it is a white person pretending to be a black person, it's so that a white person can learn a very special lesson about racism. Black like me, mm-hmm. for example. Okay. And if it's passing, and if it's a black person passing for a white person, it's for financial gain, safety, those sure. reasons. Like it's 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 to be like societally up like mobile, you know. Or, 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 or these, or how about, you know, the Rachel Dolezal or uh, that recent well, right. uh, academic, what's her name, Krug? So, yeah, so all that stuff is like, that's all old. Now we now we have some stories where you have white women, it seems like it's usually white women, or like, mm-hmm. you know, those are the two famous ones now, right. invading black spaces and pretending to be black for attention reasons, question mark? Yeah, yeah, like right. that's still a little mysterious to me. But what is less mysterious to me is digital blackface, which is definitely a thing that people mm-hmm. engage in, and <laughs> and like lots of people <laughs> engage in it. Like so much cringe on Twitter. Yes. Yeah, so many people engage in it, and and they do that basically for like cachet because it's like fashionable. Like I think you know, yeah, yeah. Peel yeah, explores just... this idea and Get Out mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um. But that's that's relatively new. I, mm-hmm. I don't. It doesn't bother me that that's like sort of like a weird, you know. Yeah, I, I, I don't really either. It's just it, it. Like that's definitely a moment where you're like they are turned towards the audience and speaking directly to. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. No. There is. There is no. There is no digital blackface equivalent of passing literature that I have seen. Which doesn't mean it doesn't exist at all. But yeah. Like typically, that's not. That's not what's going on there. So that's a. That's a new thing. We get to write new books about that. Do you wanna you wanna engage in a in a discourse that we really haven't we haven't done this yet? I uh, so I think that William the performance of William is is pretty spot on and cool. He's a little bit mysterious and kind of a little bit weird and otherworldly, but 
you, yeah. you, you but you also kind of understand what you kind of understand why Ruby goes home with him though. Still, like, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 He's yeah. he's he's a cool cat, right? I do you think? I, I, there's no way to answer this. Do you think Christina's a little bit miscast, or maybe is misdirected? I don't. I can't tell if she isn't given enough to do, or if she she just. She is mysterious, but in a way that is not pleasing. She is not pleasingly manipulative. Remember last episode, there's the thing where she's, like, playing tag with those kids for kind of no reason until the cops pick her up? hated that scene. Right, right. But again, it's because she just kind of acts like a... She has a lot of, like, Instagram model energy, maybe, or, like... I don't know. And... I mean, I, she was um, the actress who uh, portrays her was was fine as she's isn't she the dag in uh, Fury Road? So I've seen stuff where I liked her, but it just doesn't the I don't know if the I don't know if the way she's written is not working for me or if the performance is not really working for me. But I find her kind of baffling and flat, and I don't know if that's on purpose. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if. Um... Yeah, I figured out this episode also that she played the dag, and I was like, oh, yeah, I liked the dag a lot in um, yeah. Fury Road. Um, like, she's like she's like Seed Granny, too. Um, mm-hmm. Or, like, next-gen Seed Granny. Yeah, right, um, yeah. And, and it has, like, a lot of, a lot of like, like stands apart from the other um, yeah. escaped Wy- wives, wives quote-unquote. Um, Emoten Joe. Yeah, so I I don't I think that Abby Lee is like is like a very competent actress and like so I mean maybe she's a little bit mis I I almost wonder if it's that her character has like a secret and we don't know what that secret really is yet and maybe that's why it's coming off kind of weird I do I do know what you mean though um, it's I feel like we're supposed to have a lot more feelings for her right now than I do for her. And maybe it's just right. because I don't really like the Braithwaite plot. Like, I, I, that's by far the thing I care the least about in this show. Sure. Yeah, yeah, Me too. Yes. So maybe that, like, kind of taints my view of it. But, like, when she shows up, I'm just like, oh, good. Oh, God. Okay, here we go. But, I mean, even she, when she's driving around, she gets the, the, the I think, a little bit intrusive, uh, you know, um, uh, female rap anthems, like, booming around her and stuff. So we're supposed to, like, it seems like we're supposed to kind of think she's cool and fun. We... We also run into the issue that at the end of the day, I don't think this show has the guts to make her be the real ultimate villain because it'll feel kind of bad for Atticus to, to murder a skinny white lady. We'll see. Do, do, I mean, I hope, do, do, I hope do, do, they do, go there. Do you know there. what I mean, though? Like, yeah. I think we're, mo- we're moving the police captain in to be like the heavy bad because he's loathsome and he has like weird... I, 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 I do think it's kind of cool that we don't really know what's going on with his chest, but I, I there are surgery clips and like, is that, does he have, a, is his torso the torso of a black man? Is it, is yeah. that I th- rash I think or th- hair or, I think, yeah, I, I think, think that's I think what's we're, going on. I think he's Frankenstein, yeah. like he has the Frankenstein torso yes. of a black person on. Yeah. It's a, they're, it, they're, they're, um, they're, they're, they're plagiarizing get out a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, but also connecting to like. The but but you know what I mean though. But like plot. he's a he's a he's a satisfying horrible bad guy that they can like you know, melt his face off with magic or you know shoot him and make him bleed and suffer like a pig. I just think that I don't I just don't think they have the, quite the guts to. We're we're supposed to kind of I feel like we're supposed to kind of like Christina and so she can't be the ultimate bad guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, like it's. I hope that Misha Green has the. 
Yeah, no, the, and, and, and no, and and I'm daring them. Intestinal, make, intestinal make, fortitude make, to do it. Make I me mean, into a liar. I'm fine with that. But, yeah, I mean, uh, but just from the beginning, Jor- you know what I mean. Jordan just Peele like, killed Allison Williams and Get Out. That's true. Yes. Which was which was still a shocking thing to see, but in like a right, very yeah. like good medicine type thing way to yeah, see yeah, it. Yeah. So yes, yes. So, so maybe, maybe they'll do it. I, I mean, like they do seem like the the whole like reach reaching out for empathy kind of thing. She has done it enough. And it, it annoys me. I don't know if it's supposed to. I mean, like it clearly annoyed Ruby, too, which like kind of verified right. my feelings, which was good. But like for good for me personally. But I, I'm not sure if we're supposed to we're supposed to feel sorry for her in that moment or not. It's possible we are. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Whether the good writing team or the bad writing team. <laughs> no, but you, yeah. you know what I mean, right? Like when she's I mean, playing chat with the kids. I think like, both would be valid. It's just that I, I don't think. I, I mean, I think that they're not going to let her off the hook. Ruby is not going to let her off the hook for this because, like, right. mostly what she's saying is a bunch of bullshit. But, right. but like we do understand that um, for all of her power. I mean, I think that so that this whole episode is full of scenes. With like money equals power anthems going on in the background, like yeah, that's yeah. that's the musical um, mm-hmm. pastiche yeah. of this, um, or the musical like uh, like sto- like through thread of this. And yeah. I think we're supposed to understand that even Christina uh, Braithwaite and these songs are all sung by women and kind of like the braggadocio style. Mm-hmm. And I think we're supposed to understand that even Christina Braithwaite, who is like the epitome of this, like she's so rich. Mm-hmm. She's she's like the most privileged type of woman that can exist. E- for even her, this is a tad ironic. Like she's really mm-hmm. not in charge. She has to put on a man's skin, a dead man's skin, to move through the world exactly the way she wants to and do whatever she wants. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess what's weird about it is we haven't really seen what she's rattling against directly. We know that her dad is not was not great to her. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, and, and she's trying to consolidate magical power or something. Remember, she goes. Remember last episode, yeah. she goes. She talks to the cop, and he calls her the c word, and uh, yeah, they, you know, like like he usurped the lodge, or she wants the pages. She just wants magic, I, I guess. But I know, I know what you mean. Like, what's her trauma? What's her motivation? She just seems yeah. kind of... And, and I don't... I guess I'm just kind of like, and do we care? Like, like they seem to make us want... They seem to be, like, pointing us that we should care, but I'm also kind of like, I mean, I don't really care. If she's, if she's just, like, kind of a bad guy, that's fine. Right. No, no, that's the thing. And, and, and again, we see, we're supposed to, like, I think feel like she's supposed to seem kind of, like, scary, but also, like, mercurial or a little bit... Um, not wacky, but like whimsical. But like, she is not pulling that off at all. That doesn't make any sense. Um, no, the no. The the, the you're talking about specifically the tag scene. That was just so weird. I hated that scene. Yeah, it's it's exactly like the thing where like her um you're you're expecting her friend who is actually babysitting all of those children to like come back from peeing and so she can. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's, uh, it's so yeah, weird. It's, but just to say, but I mean, you know, like because you, you could imagine like if, if this was played with a kind of um. The like familial devil, familiar devil sort of archetype, where she's just kind of like, "Oh, hello, Atticus," you know, like inviting herself into Letty's house. Like, you, I am now part of your life. We're family after all, you know. You, but but in a yeah. like shark, in a satanic shark sort of way, you could do that. If she's supposed to be like this kind of like cool and remote, unflappable ice princess, they could do that too. But they don't. They can't seem to decide like what she's supposed. Even even after she has that awesome metamorphosis scene, and we realize that you know. 
we realize what everyone realized an episode or two ago that she and William are the same person. Um, she just looks like kind of like annoyed and pissed <laughs> that she that she metamorphosized in the in the hallway. Do you know what I mean? She doesn't yeah. look. It's not triumphant. It's not scared. It's not angry. It's not. Well, she just seems kind of be like, crap. Here I am. Oh. Yeah. It's well, and I think she correctly assesses. She's like, oh, I guess I don't really care if Ruby knows. I guess fine. Right. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's kind of. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's, it's weird. This character is not working for me and I'm not sure I know why yet. Yeah. It's sort of unfortunate. I, I, I mean, I knew that we were going to get that reveal and like, and William is like, like a butterfly. You're like, Oh, right, yeah. that's <laughs> how this works. Um, right, right. cause for a while. And then like, and then we had, uh, Yahima and the first one, I was like, oh, maybe they're like two spirits, but literally mm-hmm. two spirits. Um, sure, yeah, yeah. And like there's like some sort of, you know, like, you know, with with different like frogs and sure, a- no, no, yes, yes. That can the brother and sister gender. are two souls in one. Yep. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. They yeah. were twins and they swallowed each other in the womb like the Calico dog and the um, right. gingham cat and like like yeah. Dr. Venture and like Rusty and yes. Jonas Venture scene and Jr. and then they come out yeah no totally but like when he's driving you're like oh okay we're gonna see it but I kind of wish that they had held off because I, I do enjoy William more <laughs> like I was like can we have well, more William here's the real thing here, maybe here's he the won't real go test. away yeah it shouldn't go away why would she stop wearing William like so what if Ruby knows I, yeah well no, we'll see. <laughs> what we if, can't. What if what if fruit? What if William and Hillary continue to be characters in the show? That would be amazing. With, with, Especially without, like, without any without any like <clears throat> a special like close interrogation, they're just kind of like, hey, so, so now you know. But yeah, it's William here, and yeah. <laughs> Ruby pretty... continues to work at the store. <laughs> be pretty funny. I mean, okay. that'd be pretty funny. I mean, um, no disrespect to Jordan Patrick Smith, but I'm like. You know, oh, the most horrible thing that could happen is if an attract, a conventionally attractive white man was out of a job after only five episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> what a hunk of man. I I like his satanic weird scarring on his chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I so segging effortlessly. I do I do like that, and this is another thing where it's like we're supposed to kind of see Christina like. In her house at her, she shouldn't have facades because she says that, you know what magic is actually about? It's guaranteed the power to do whatever the fuck you want, which is, yeah, right? Like, yeah. isn't that? Right. And then, and, uh, and then, but, but she is so limited. I mean, I think that, I think it's like, yeah. uh, I think, I think she is, I think she is bragging, but doesn't actually have a leg to stand on there, you know? Yeah. Or at least, again, she has this exterior thing of like, per, I don't know, this like somehow like perfect respectability but also perfect consumer everything where like you in a lesser work you'd expect to see her have like a string of men leaving the house or a string of women you know like sort of sexual and and just mm-hmm. endless money and you know drugs and like i can do whatever i want i'm a wizard but like she actually doesn't seem to do that she just kind of like like walks around in pencil skirts and <laughs> drives fast you forgot about all yeah. of her driving fast right yeah 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 um, but anyway, so we see that we see that that's what magic is about. But we also kind of understand that uh, that she are that William and by extension her are sort of satanic tempting figures. And Letty, who is the heart and soul of the show, 
directly states that the magic is is evil and is corrupting everyone. And uh, this keeps with my sort of, you know, Atticus is becoming more violent um, um, thing. And so I think these I think these themes are a little bit Lovecraftian. Um, I, I He, of course, wouldn't have truck with the devil. Exactly. But the idea that like magic is unnatural and wrong. I do. I do love the idea. That he'd be like, he'd be like, oh, no, I don't. I don't mess with the devil. Like, I don't believe the devil. It's all just a bunch of space octopuses. Yeah, I mean, like, space octopuses, sure. But, like, messing with the devil, like, what am I, crazy? Yeah, what are you? <laughs> it's all about how I'm afraid of vaginas. I just, I just am really afraid. But, but anyway, but, but, but I think there is a sense that maybe, like, magic is wrong and scary. And uh, Atticus seems to think that he will use it to protect, protecting, protecting ours, protecting his community. Um, which is, uh, and essentially is like, what could be wrong about doing that? Which I think, if we could just touch lightly on, is something that, you know, with 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 the rioting and civil unrest and, and protests that have been happening, is kind of a conversation we're having right now. You know, that what, what are you allowed to do to protect yourself? And that different people of different... Uh, powers and privileges are allowed to do different things. Um, I, you know, I don't know that you and I have anything particularly different or profound to say about that um, because it's fairly clear that the state has all the power and even token resistance is, is, is seen as being crushed like a bug or at least gassed and billy clubbed and renditioned from the streets. Yeah, well, um, at least tried very, 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 very hard to discourage you from doing that in the future, right? Right, like, right, you know. Whatever we can do to discourage you from doing this, we will do. Right, right. Or, or you know, we have um, uh, BLM supporting uh, militia groups who um, parade in, in, in the city where I live with rifles. And the police are all over that. And then we have um, uh, right-wing Blue Lives Matter militia groups that process. And the police uh, are, are either not there or support them. Right. Well, you know, it's, I mean, there's a reason you don't see them together. It's because they yeah. are the same. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they can't. They can't be there to 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 protect them because they're in the parade. That's the yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, they're all. Um, yes, yes, yes. But just, but uh, just that it, it, of course, feels bad to tell people who are oppressed and subject to violence, like what 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 is morally okay for them to do to protect them and their community. Of course, you know, like what is? I mean, is but but that's also exactly what every every news outlet and politician is doing right now, um, and surely as privileged people, the onus is on us to listen. Um, and this this is this is a huge can of worms, <laughs> but but I think it just seems like a, a message that probably was is is even more timely than when it when when the, when this was a line that was written written down in a you know script meeting. Yeah, right. This was probably made a year ago. So mm-hmm. um, good on them for, for for seeing the writing on the wall. Um, and also maybe just a thing that you know what oppression it's 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 unfortunately banal and similar. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's more of the same than it isn't. What did you love craft about this episode? Oh man, I uh, <laughs> what I, I mean, I I thought this episode was great. Um, and uh, pretty much was great end to end. Um, I what I loved is uh, is probably the most like superficial thing, but I love how great the metamorphosis effect was, and I love those those meaty chunks of meat falling off. I love it when um, Ruby confronts 
uh, Christina in the house and her skin is sitting on the couch next to her. Mm-hmm. I just love how like full bore they went with this is like a horrifying and grotesque thing. Like they, right. they and it doesn't, pull it's, it doesn't like disappear or like turn into like mist or anything like right, that. Right. Like, yeah, it doesn't like, like mystically someone, burn up. Yeah, right. Like somebody has to grab a trash bag and like clean up like skin bits like that has right. to happen. I did right. like that, too. Yeah. yeah, that was one of my Lovecrafts. My my yeah, that was one of my Lovecrafts. Um, my other Lovecraft was I think that you this has um, really interesting things to say about respectability, politics, and beauty, and combining those two. Mm, like, mm-hmm. you know, Ruby, and Ruby is the perfect epitome of both those things. She is a rise and grind character, and who's incredibly accomplished, and like you know, definitely is like you know running alongside. will do whatever it takes to keep up, Mm -hmm. Um, but also an incredibly beautiful person. And we have to see her go through something that's visually repellent to succeed. And that is horrifying to us as an audience, but Mm -hmm. it's sort of a mundane daily horror for anyone who is like hustling the hardest that they can just to keep Mm -hmm. up or subjecting themselves to regular painful beauty practices to appease a fickle and mean society that will still find any flaw that you have. Like, I think these are, these are, um, takes on, um, on body horror that are, that are especially relevant to black people and especially relevant to women. And I think it's really smart that they, they used it here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what did you hate craft? Well, it's what I always hate craft. It's Montrose. <laughs> um, I, I, I talked about this quite a, quite a bit uh, up, up top. Um, but, you know, right, I, I just think that him him being completely passive in his own story um, just feels bad. He's not doing any work. Um, the, the, the something that's, been, that's a little bit been bothering me throughout, um, I am not some sort of weird purist who insists on period music for everything. I think that's kind of dumb and like you know i'm not i'm not somebody's grandpa that's fine but i do find a lot of the use of lyric heavy tracks um probably most notably in in uh in the second episode the whitey on the moon which is which is cool and great but seems a little bit misplaced where it is it's distracting i don't i don't love it it feels a little bit like guardians of the galaxy um which is also something i i kind of enjoy but it does, it's that thing where I feel like the director like made a mixtape and was like, "We're just gonna put all my favorite songs in here," and they're like, "Are they are they are they gonna fit in the in the movie? Do we need all this singing to like draw your eye to draw your attention away from the action?" And they're like, "Nope, still love it, putting it right in there." Are you I, are you reacting to the um to the the mantras that play every time we see Marshall Fields? Or are you reacting to for color girls who considered suicide when the rainbow is enough? I thought for color girls who could suicide when it was enough was awesomely placed and was perfect. Um, I, I like I to think see, I was also the, like, I haven't thought about this in a very long time. Yeah. I thought that was great. So it, it works sometimes. Um, just other times though, it just seems a little distracting and you're kind of like you guys just, and, and it, and not, not really unearned. I don't know. It, it just kind of bugs me, but like not enough to be a big deal, but it, I, I can tell it's just 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 because it's your favorite song and thematically it fits doesn't mean that it has to be there. Mm. Played a top. You're like kids in their damn loud music. That's right. <laughs> Whatever happened to instrumental tracks? Get, get, get something respectable. 
Um, and and I suspect that I I suspect that I I think I can guess what you will hate craft and I hate craft it too. Yes, I hate craft sexual assault as the means of revenge. I mm-hmm. think that um, I understand so. So I, I did some I did some some soul searching with this one because it's it, you know of course of course I feel like there's there's stuff that is messy and upsetting and yet still so relevant and needs to be discussed about um, race relations and the horrible things that white people have done to black people and the horrible things that black people would like to do to white people to get retribution. And I typically feel, and I, I think I'm a little bit doing this here, where when it gets a little too messy, all the white libs draw their knives. So I kind of feel that way a little bit about myself. Um, but I dug, I dug into it, and I and I recall um, that rape is a huge theme in passing literature, mm-hmm. um, because typically, especially in early passing literature. You have these characters who have this like uneasy relationship where they're like they're grateful for their light skin. It allows them to move more easily through society. Like th- that has its benefits. But what lies in their genetics that means they have this ability? Sure. A lot of them arrive at well, it's because for a long time in America it was not considered possible to rape a black woman so my probably my great grandma was raped by a man who enslaved her like mm-hmm. that's horrible and now i am trading on that past crime for my own gain so sure. it kind of like puts it puts a character who doesn't have does not have the privilege of a white character in a position where they are starting to like taste a little bit of that privilege and it's repellent to them you know mm-hmm. That's fine. So that's that. That's I understand. So rape is a big deal. Passing literature, rape probably needs to be a part of this story. I get that. And of course, white people have been literally and metaphorically raping black people for as long as um, we have known about each other, and it's very, very disturbing and upsetting. And it's it's fine for us to like grapple with that. Um, but I kind of can't get over the thing where I'm like, rape is not a punishment. I mean, I mm-hmm. hate Paul. I want Paul to suffer. Um, I understand that it's very effective to humiliate him in this way and cause him pain in this way. But I I kind of would prefer if Ruby had just killed him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and I mean... Yes. It, it felt very like ni- like 90s procedural. Oh, you you think this is the punishment? Well, when we sent you to prison and you get raped, that's the punishment actually. Like that's yeah, not right. right. That's yeah, not right. right. You know, sexual assault is bad. Like don't do it. It, um, it also feels a little bit disproportionate for the ill that like Paul is a bad is like a is a bad guy. And in fact, I'm watching it again and he's um attempting to to um or try to coerce Tamara into uh, having some sort of sexual whatever with him. I mean, he's um, like he's like basically. Yeah, no, no. I was her. like, I was like, you know what? Maybe screw this guy. But the way it's shot is so upsetting and like like the suffering for him. Then I'm like, maybe this still feels a little disproportionate. Um, this also is kind of weird because this is that ep- we didn't really talk about. This is an episode that had a, I thought like, pretty okay anal sex scene. So you know, it's not yeah. like. 
Yeah, you're like, is this homophobic? Uh, yeah, it, it feels that. Yeah, I that mean, felt. like nobody. No, that what she does is violent. It is not. It is not. Yeah, right, right. It is not right. anything one could call like. It is not anal sex. It is not sex of any yeah, type. Basically, she's rape. just. Yeah, yeah. She's she's stabbing him in the rectum with a, with a high heeled shoe. Right. You know, it's not. She's not. But it's within yes. the context of sex. Like she she right. pretends yeah. to seduce him to get him into that position. She's definitely doing it. Um, because he has sexually, she's seen him sexually humiliate, um, Tamara and, and like clearly is like leching on her and all the white women are like, ha ha about it. Um, yeah. This also has a thing that, um, I thought she was going to like humiliate, like she totally does the thing where she's like, Mr. Manager, I'm going to tie you up, you know, like that kind of thing, which also, yeah, like, I thought she was going to humiliate him in front of the right, other right. white gonna, it, It's totally the thing, yeah, where, like, she opens the door and there's the president of the company and his pants fall down. You know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. But even then, like, even that is sort of weird sexual, kind of a, a, a form of sexual violence, right? Like, so yeah. what? Like, right? Like, we we have, we're so straight-laced that, you know, if, if, if a man wants to be a submissive partner in sex, well, then surely that says all kinds of bad and humiliating and right, horrible. Right, that would be embarrassing. Femi- Why would a man ever want the woman yeah. to be, like, yeah. th- that's, that's <laughs> come on, yep. come on. Especially, especially in an episode where we are celebrating um, sexuality that was not perhaps accepted by society at large at the time. Yeah. Well, and especially and especially indirectly with drag queens, men men who want to honor and dress as women and experience ex- experience womanhood in its most like right. outrageous, yeah. overblown form, right? Right. Like, yeah. like ex- that's that's expressly what it is. Yeah, it didn't so, it so, didn't so sit whole, well with me. Maybe it's not supposed to, though. Yeah. It, right. And, and maybe and maybe the point is that like. Is this the satanic wages of magic? I mean, because let's let's be real. It is awesome how how like her eyes start to get freaky, and she's he's like she's, he's like Hillary, your eyes. She's like, do you like them? And then as and then as she's doing violence to him, like the chunks are falling off of her onto like it's it's effective and very and, and horrifying. But yeah, it feels like it. I want to be on Ruby's side, of course, and I still am. But like, it, yeah, it it feels it feels horrible. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's weird that I'm like, am, I, would I be more comfortable if she just gutted him like a trout? That's also like a horrible, more like more murder is also a horrible murder. That's just like, as, as Americans, we're much more comfortable with violence than sex. But but this is sexual violence, too. This isn't just. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not just sex. It's. it's yeah. Yeah. I it's, am more comfortable watching yeah, I'm more comfortable murder with someone. Regular than violence than sexual violence. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yep. it's so, and, and again, maybe maybe it is supposed to be horrific. Maybe maybe the point, maybe this is this like a, not really monkey's paw, but like a, you know, with magic you can do whatever you want, which means you can act on your, you can act darkest, on your most whimsical and darkest impulses, horrible and, impulses, right? Yes. And 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 that has real con- and that has real consequences for people because I mean I'm sure, yeah, probably in in the moment that guy probably does deserve to have a high heeled shoe shoved up his butt. Sure, no problem. Yeah. But like, but like, but really, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I guess I thought it was less disproportionate. I mean, like, it's it's very horrible. It's very yeah. horrible. But I, I think that the the story we're being told is that he does this to women all the time. Like, yeah, yeah. 
Sure. Right. I, I'm I'm glad that they let Tamara get away. That would have been mm-hmm. horrible if we had to witness that. Yeah. Well, and again, in the scene, I was just like, screw that guy. Sure. But then it's so horrible. Like the way it's shot is so horrible. You're like, well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think also it's it's potential. Maybe maybe it's also sort of the um, proximity to the body horror of it all that makes it mm-hmm. even harder to stomach. Mm-hmm. Where like we're like this the sodomy with a high heel shoe, is which she then wears out of the office. If you notice, amazing. I mean, I kind of <laughs> like that. But um, she's like, I mean, I mean, I mean. Here's shoes. the thing. What if it? What, what if she just stabbed his back with the shoe? Would you? Feel, would that feel okay? Yeah. No. Like any yeah. any violence. Any violence. <laughs> she can put the shoe almost anywhere, but maybe not. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Yeah. No. It's. Uh. It's. Yes. If she. If she maimed or murdered him, I would have been more comfortable. Sure. Um, with it. But yeah, it's 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 hard. I mean, I th- I I choose to believe that it's not supposed to sit easy with us. I yeah, choose I think, to believe I think right. that. Yeah. Over the course of this episode, we if you haven't already been totally in the bag for Ruby, you're now totally in the bag for Ruby. And and maybe this is honestly, you know, maybe this is honestly sort of a, a mirror image of what happens to Montrose at the end of the last episode, except that we didn't I did not care about Montrose even like one iota. Yeah. For what I care about Ruby. So it's less effective. Like I still like that is a deal breaker for me, whereas this is I'm like, Ruby. Oh yeah. no! But I still yeah. really like her. Sure, 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 sure. I, I, I'm imagining hilariously if you were like the kind of pearl clutching people, right? The as we are having this societal debate over like how how bad do we feel about property damage in the context of protested unrest? What if you were like a like what if you're one of those you know pearl clutching like only you know. Um, you have to protest in the right way, but you're also a classic car aficionado. Do those people feel the same way about the scene where Letty hits the cars with the baseball bat? <laughs> They're like, we that's do, a right bridge here. too far. <laughs> I was on Letty's side, but then she broke that guy's windshield. <laughs> right. Then I made me question whether or not she deserved human rights. That's right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But yeah, um, but yeah I, I, I agree with you. That, that was the big... And again, I let's... Why not? Who who even cares what the what the intent is? I think it I think it feels good that that feels bad. That that feels right to me that it shows that there is a magic unlocks the darkness within your heart. Because I I think at the end of this I don't think we're going I think we're going to discover that magic is bad. I don't. I, yes. That, that that's a Lovecraftian thing. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think we're going to usher in an era of uh, enlightened. Um, POC magic wielders who will lead us into an enlight- into a bright future that uh, you know that makes everybody feel good. I don't think that's ha- I or if that happened, that would be wild. <laughs> if that happened, I definitely watch season two. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that I think that you know it's the yeah. wizards of this of this story are grand high wizards, and you can't you right. can't lay yeah. down with a devil that imperial bad. dragons, royal cyclops. Yeah, you can't. You, that, like that, they are they are the dirtiest, most flea ridden of dogs, and you can't you can't lie yeah. down and take that power without it having corrupt you. I mean, like, I mean, yeah. Ruby can't, can't Ruby can't spend a day as Hillary without being corrupted. Mm-hmm. So, right, yeah, yeah, getting all well, the free vanilla ice cream she wants. <laughs> well, uh, this week. ice cream shop now serving vanilla. 
I mean, it was like it's like the pure. It's That's like the pure the, milk. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the pure milk. Like it's like it. It contextually is like awesome, but you're also like, I mean, don't you want like cookies or cream or something good? Like, come on. And well, it's the fifties. I don't know what kind of ice cream technology we had back then. Um, I definitely know from uh, It's a Wonderful Life that you could put coconut on ice cream, which would have been better. Also <laughs> the, white, also thematic. The uh, Did you notice that she reads in the paper, She reads. She's, it looks like it's an advertisement for a movie or something, but it's called Confidence Girl, which of course is confidence, but also a confidence a confidence man. Oh, is, is, it, is, is a, a con man, right? Yep. So a confident, she's a con woman tricking everyone, but also having confidence. It's cool. I thought that was cool too. Like a cool little funny thing to notice that's fun yeah it's a great episode mary which episode has been your favorite Ooh, i mean it's an odd number yeah i, right. I still i still think probably <laughs> I mean, episode like... two or episode three but it's hard yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's i mean it's either episode three or this one but it's yeah there i mean i think episode tricky. one is still very good um yeah. i don't know I think I like episode three a little bit more than I like this one, but this one is 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 a close close second. Episode three is just hitting on full gas the whole time. The highs of this are just all as high. killer, no filler, except for that weird head. <laughs> no, that was okay too. Get out of my house! All right, join us next week for the sixth episode. Where do we go from here? Back to Korea. Will we break the curse? <laughs> Tune in next week to find out. Uh, thank you for listening to Lovecraft Singles. Please check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your best podcasts. We are there. And while you're there, why don't you subscribe, rate, or leave us a review? You can also visit our website at outrageousmechanisms.com slash Lovecraft dash singles. Um, to see our other excellent shows. Maybe maybe check out maybe check out some of our uh, the mothership of this spinoff, uh, Crypt Creepers. We watch um, old episodes of Tales from the Crypt and decide whether or not we like them. Yeah, yeah it's it's kind of like this show, but with media from the 90s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Oh, well, well right. we'll see you next time. Next week. Bye! Bye! <laughs>